Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Welcome to another edition of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on Blab. We have a one guest who's popped in, uh, Jason Bates, who's part of a podcast show in America. Uh, Jason, welcome to um, our show. Welcome to, thanks for popping in on Blab. Uh, the topic is hashtag Syria, hashtag bomb war UK, MPs vote your views, take ISIS out or not. Uh, obviously, I put PR and not OR instead of the title, so ignore, ignore my spelling mistake, uh, my typo. But hey, so welcome, Jason, to our show. Uh, so what's your views on the, the current situations? Do you think it's time to actually uh, load up the jets and uh, simply go all, all hell, let all hell break out and take these guys out? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, they're ruthless, right? I mean, if we look back at the whole history of, of ISIS and some of the things they've done, beheading people, setting people on fire, I mean, this is ruthless what they do. And as I said before, I'd rather fight them on their land than fight them on our land or your land. So, um, I think, um, I think, you know, we got to be cautious about it. Of course, you know, sometimes you don't want to step on an anthill cause you release a lot of, um, you know, things that you're not really thinking of. Uh, you don't want to react in anger, so to speak, but, uh, I think we've reached a point here where it's obvious they're not going to negotiate with anything. There's real no sanctions that you can put against them. Um, so it's just, it's a problem that's getting worse by the day, it seems like. Um, so I, I I say yes, we should be fighting them on their turf rather than our turf. Yeah, I mean, considering the, the crime, the, the things they do, I mean, you've uh, they, they capture women, rape them, burn them, torture them, oh, all sorts, and they, they're just murdering scum, really. And I think yeah. it's time to take these guys out once and for all. Whether people, whether it's right or wrong, whether people agree with the war, a war or not, okay, it's, in this day and age we shouldn't really be having war, but in this day and age we've got to do something because these guys are just going to start. It's just going to have we're going to have another Paris saga, whether it's in the UK or somewhere else. Or yeah, absolutely, New York, whatever. Here's the thing that's really dangerous about them is they don't really have. It's not like you kept the the head off the snake on this thing, right? It seems like it, they're pretty. Um, it's not like Osama bin Laden kind of thing. Um, um, they seem to have a very, I don't know, even kill uh, spinoffs. Everybody's a leader there kind of thing. There's no one, you know, jihadist or whatever they call themselves. Um, it just seems like a, a, like a, like a cancer, like a festering, you know, just illness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I think, you know, uh, I, mean, I, I totally think it's all these anti-war protests and climate change protests that recently uh, it's yeah. just bonkers yeah. personally i just why it's time i think the only way we're going to solve this problem is get get these guys rid of these guys once and for all then take care of assad and say listen you either you, it's a democratic election you either and you if you get voted in you get voted in you voted to leave you beat it you leave and afterwards, you, you you get the infrastructure in Syria to rebuild that place, and we put some people like troops in to train um, yeah. their police and bring them back some sort of normality to what it was. Uh, basically, or what it was has there ever been a normality since Assad was in control? But I think get rid of him, 
and start uh, and re restructure the whole country. Well, I think people are just so afraid of Assad. So I don't know you're going to have a, a true election there. You know, I yeah. think people are really, truly afraid. I mean, Assad has been known to, you know, kill people. You know, I was over in the Gulf um, during the first Gulf War, and I said back then, watch out for Syria. Syria is going to be a problem. And um, and here we are. You know, there is a lot of fear there. And, I, I you know, I, ha I have a lot of sympathy for those, those people that live there in Syria. Um, but at some point, too, you've got to take care of your own homeland, and you've got to, you know, fight against this. I don't know why Assad's not taking them out. Um, oh. or it just seems to have grown underneath Assad. So there's got to be some kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say cohesiveness, but maybe there's some kind of cooperation there with the Assad regime as to ISIS and letting them get spin out of control like they are. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, oh, we're going to have, we have a new guest. Oh, he was going to come in. He's not anymore. Uh, we had somebody, but well, if you want to come in, you're welcome to come in and partake in the conversation. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think the Assad is needs to get rid of Assad because he's. But the only problem is you got Putin, who's a bit of a kind of a fan of Assad, and so they're kind of uh, in each other's pockets basically. So which doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. So I think it's, it's uh, uh, one of those things that you know, be careful what you wish for, kind of thing. Exactly. Um, because. You know, you, you get rid of Assad. Well, who's going to take over? And is that person going to be better, worse? Um, you know, are they going to be with Russia? Are they going to be for the Western you know, Democratic kind of kind of deal? Or you know, what are you going to get? Who are you going to replace him with? Yeah. So it's a little yeah. a little bit of a challenge there. So I think you can control Assad. Assad's been controlled, you know, quite a bit. It's ISIS throwing in the mix there, and I, I saw some reports where they're getting just a boatload of money, funding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. that hasn't been cut off. Um, you know, I don't know. There's, there's, um, it's, it's gotten to the point now where you're going to have to have boots on the ground. You're just going to have to have them and you're going to have to have, um, I don't know, maybe surround the cities or something like that and control what goes in and out, control the arms. I mean, really button down the security. The question is when we have uh, boots on the ground, when we actually start, uh, hopefully I do hope it's a yes to take these guys out because it's to bomb these guys back to the Stone Age, which is what is needing. And uh, hopefully, uh, but, but the question gonna, is... There's going to be casualties, right? There's going to be there's gonna be civilian casualties, and that's going to be bad publicity for any politician, whether they be in the UK or here. And the problem is, is that the United States needs to get more involved, and we've just been kind of batting a blind eye to it. Um, and, you know... the. We have right now in the United States, there are, and they just put out a report this morning, the FBI is looking, which is our Federal Bureau of Investigation, that every, all 50 states in the United States have ISIS, um, uh, I don't want to say strongholds, but they have ISIS known terrorists located in every 50 states in the United States that they're watching currently. So they're here. Um, it's a matter of time, like you said, before they strike here. Now, by bombing Syria and bombing the hell out of them back to the stone age. Do we provoke, you know, the people here or there in London or other places to rise up and then say, okay, well you bomb Syria, then we're going to bomb your cities because we're already here, you know, or, or throw some kind of a terrorist type of activity and just cause some chaos. So it's very, very complicated. I'm not sure what the right answer is, other than the people of Syria standing up and saying, you cannot take my country. This is not who we are. You're giving us a bad name. 
um, kind of thing. And, and, but you know, they're not prepared. They're under, you know, malnourished. They don't have clean running water that all the necessities just for everyday living they don't have. So to ask them to, you know, rise up in arms is pretty difficult too. So plus, like I said, if, if, um, if I, if, uh, if I was there and Assad, you know, is known to, to take out your mom and dad and your brother, sister, or your kids or whatever, I'd be a little fearful in, in doing anything myself as well. Exactly. Well, let's take a, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We're just going to pause. Let's take, let's have Jason tell us about his podcast show and what it's all about. This show is brought to you by EdinburghDusters.com and IdeasGoingLive.com. What's up? It's your boy Relevision, host of Five Mics Radio, Fridays at 11.30, live from New York. Shout out to the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast. Hey, this is yours truly, Black Caesar Rex of the Sea Pirate Network. And when I'm not out here listening to Hattrick and Ramsey, we're broadcasting out on the Sea Pirate Network, www.iko.haaf. We're looking forward to having the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast up on the channel on our network soon. Black Caesar X, I'm out. Real Estate Show, right here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a real estate um, podcast that's about anything and everything that you need to know when it comes to your real estate needs are right here in the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So it's a okay. resource for real estate. Are you, do you got a lot of people listening or coming on to talk about, um, to find out a lot of, of what, but real, is, is real estate quite popular in uh, Arizona? Is it quite a big thing? Or yeah, it's pretty popular. I mean, Arizona was at the epicenter of our of our financial crisis back in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. We had uh, um, quite a few uh, companies that shut down here, and real estate dropped dramatically in value here in Arizona, more so than other parts of the country, the United States. And um, there were a lot of people talking about real estate and what it meant, and there were some political issues that were involved with that. And so I came up with the idea of presenting the podcast as a way for locals to talk about real estate that matters to them rather than people talking about real estate that aren't very um, in tune with actually what's happening here in Arizona. That's cool. So how long long have you been in real estate yourself? Well, I've been doing real estate for about 20 years, 20, 21 years. Um, And, um, you know, the, the whole the whole idea of the podcast is to put the right information out there. So many times we hear on the news, you know, that they put out information to sell advertising. And some of the information is a little skewed one way or another. And so I wanted to put the podcast out there that straight from the people who live and breathe real estate. Um, so you get the real, the real gist of what's going on in real estate. Okay, that's good. So well, what's their life like in where you live or in general, not work-wise, but just, uh, I mean, tell us, tell, tell us a bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Um, tell us what was, what was life like growing up. Have you always lived in Arizona or have you been somewhere else before? Oh, Arizona is a transient state. So Arizona is one of these states that um, very few native Arizonans um, here. Uh, we're in the southwest part of the United States, just, just east of California and north of Mexico, so kind of in the southwest quadrant of the United States. Uh, most people here in, in Arizona are from other parts of the country. We get a lot of people from Chicago, 
Um, a lot of people from Wisconsin, a lot of the northern states, um, they come down to Arizona to escape the, the cold weather, and then they end up loving it here and end up staying. Um, so a lot of people, which is really good because we get a, a good mix of people um, and backgrounds um, that, you know, makes Arizona pretty unique in that sense. Okay. With the real estate, do you deal with anybody, any of the famous, any famous people at all, or is it just kind of your general Joe Bloggs? That's general. Yeah. I mean, most of the, you know, I've done some, some athletes, uh, loans, you know, for the, for the Diamondbacks, which is a a major league pitching or major league baseball club here in Arizona. Uh, I've done some of the athletes there, um, some football players, uh, for the Cardinals. I've done a few of them, but they're few and far between. Uh, it's mostly, you know, your first time home buyer, people wanting to start a family, um, and wanting to purchase and, and own a piece of the American dream, which is home ownership. Okay. That's my core okay. business. So, so uh, that's cool. That's good. So as long, if somebody wants to move to America, they can contact Jason Bates. And uh, if you want to get the hot sunshine in Arizona, uh, he's the man to, to speak to if you just wish to buy a house, uh, from a garden shed to, uh, <laughs> to a, f- a five six bedroom luxury mansion. Well, a garden shed probably wouldn't work because there are certain <laughs> rules. You can't buy a, a a shack, so to speak, but um, it's got to meet certain criteria. But yeah, any any real estate needs you need here in Arizona, by all means, reach out to me. You can go to my website at www.valleyofthesunrealestateshow.com and connect with me on any social media platform and reach out to me straight from there. Oh, that's cool. I th- I'm thinking there's not many takers for this topic tonight, so <laughs> but it's good. I'm glad you jumped well, it's in. It's a little it? political, right? It's, yeah, when it's political, you're not going to get too many people um, want to do their thing. Probably a bit so, heavy. It, probably a bit heavy for a, a a Wednesday evening, maybe. But hey, so well, let me ask you this though, uh, Ramsey. What the, the M, Do you think that they'll pass it? I hope. I think they. Well, I think they will. I think the labor. The Labour Party here, who are the opposition, uh, yeah. a lot of them are not quite as, that. A lot of them are not fans of uh, their leader, um, which is Jeremy Corbyn. He's a bit of a total yeah. lefty. He's a little bit of a total liberal lefty, um, and he's basically he's totally anti-war and all this, and thinks you can just sit around the table and sort it out. And there's about as much chance of uh, as much chance of somebody winning the lottery. Without actually buying a ticket, um, with uh, and sitting down, and then ISIS sitting down around a table to um, discuss solving this problem. So the bottom line is they don't they don't give a flying monkeys. They just they just want to hear here's a rocket, boom, uh, we're gonna take you out or sit, send all the suicide bombers they want. So I think a lot of his backbenchers uh, are simply against him and simply are for it. So I think it will go through. There's a lot of demonstrations going on at the moment in London anti-war stuff so i uh, saw these typical activists but i think well something's got to be done whether it's right or wrong we've got to something has to be done in a as a collective of nations who want to get rid of syria and i think the paris attacks was the kind of icing on the cake and simply enough is enough this is it we've got to take these guys out and bomb these guys back to the Stone Age and get rid of them once and for all. Uh, it's going to be like, yeah, we're going to have lost of lives. We're going to have casualties. It's not ideal, but we shouldn't really be having these problems in this day and age. And partly... What about the, the gentleman, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but what about the gentleman that got hacked to death right there in London? 
Wasn't oh, the, the person Lee, who hacked him? Wasn't he part of ISIS? Uh, Lee Rigby guy, the uh, army guy. Yeah, the army guy. I mean, they just come up and stab him and then hack him to death. Two, and then they uh, two guys, him. they just literally, uh, I don't know sure they're part of ISIS or not, but they certainly were, were uh, yeah, they just hacked him to death in the street. That was ridiculous. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that is crazy. So, uh, I've just you have to gun laws, right? So, I said, we do, we do well, not, not, not like in a, we, do, well, we, we don't really carry guns. The police don't carry guns really, unless they really have right. to. We're not like right. America when you've got guns all over the place. No, we, it's right. Yeah. We, you don't, we don't, it is, don't, you don't expect somebody to have a gun that's not, not, not as common as it is in America, basically. Um, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who the, the mainstream media who have a sympathy, want sympathy uh, for these people who go and who choose to get on a plane and leave to go and support ISIS, and they try they want sympathy for them and say, well, if you make your choice, and there's one woman who tried to escape, who went and cho- who chose to go to a visit to ISIS, she tried to escape but got caught and got, I think she got murdered. Uh, but hey, I, and they want sympathy for her. I say, well, tough titties, really. Uh, yeah, exactly. sympathy, if you make your bed, you line it. Um, right. So I think it's ridiculous. These guys should, um, if you, you want a simple, simple fact, Paradise Airways free flight, they should be offering, any country should be offering free flights to anybody who wants to go over to ISIS and join them in Paradise and say chocks away, stelios, give it, as they climb the stairs in twenty-eight different languages, and give us your passport. There's your free halal meal or whatever. There's your in-flight movies of Bin Laden and gays being dropped off tear blocks, etc. And, and enjoy that. And uh, there we go. You're not coming back. If you simple fact. And there was a couple of the recently, well, a few weeks, about a week ago or so. There was a few of the um, people who are more the girls who went over there. Uh, we're mourning that lack of sanitary products, lack of sanitary proper showers, uh, lack of proper Wi-Fi or stuff like that. So, hey, you made your bed. You chose to get on that plane. You chose to get there. Tough. Right. You ain't coming back. And they deserve right. all they get. You want to support a terrorist organization? You want to support people who are mur- bloodthirsty and murderers? Cold? They, these guys need to... I, I hope this is a yes. And we will take, take more than... the. Well, Give them the full artillery up their ass and take them out. Yeah. Now, do you think that that's what's scary too about ISIS, right? Is all these females um, getting into ISIS uh, because there is a humanitarian kind of rules of engagement, you know, don't shoot women and children kind of thing. But, you know, you're getting into uh, a situation where we're seeing more and more females. I think I saw a report here in the United States that said 14% of the new recruits are women into ISIS which is scary to me. That's very scary to me. Um, I, wouldn't surprise you know, you, I wouldn't surprise you behind closed doors in a lot of these mosques that what they say when, when they're on camera is total crap. It's total BS. But yeah. when behind the scenes, I wouldn't surprise me there's a whole lot of undercover radicalization going on. Yeah. And they just don't... Do, they, now, do, you, think, do you think that if, if in London and in Paris that the police were able to carry guns, do you think that, that would have deterred that that kind of violence that you've had? Um, I don't know. Probably, and I think, well, Paris carry guns. I know that. The London, French police carry guns. 
Oh, they do. I I saw a report that they did, that they weren't. They do now since the Paris attacks, but I, I don't think they... the French police have always carried guns. I think, yeah. Have they? Okay. So so does so does Spain. They carry guns as well, but we yeah. don't tend to carry guns unless it's like airport police. They've got. Uh, they have. I yeah. I did. I Dave. If you want to jump in and give us your opinion, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, Bashir, it's always good to have a bit of extra stuff, um, extra chat, if you're interested. Yeah, because uh, some some British, uh, the airport police, you see them got guns. Not all, not all many, not all police carry. Some are recently. Oh, let's bring in. And here is but Dave Bashir. Doesn't um, doesn't Paris have a kind of a left kind of like libertarian kind of attitude? That do you think that? And I'm not trying to you know push any blame any one way. It's certainly not their fault. It's just their lifestyle. But do you think that that contributed to them, you know, having that? Because I, as I understand it, in that neighborhood, that neighborhood has been known where those terrorists came from, has been known to kind of, you know, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. And it's a perfect hiding place for somebody who has, you know, those kind of ambitions, if you will.
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got you, Hi, David. David. Welcome, David, uh, to the podcast. Uh, he's popped in uh, to give us his view on the, the topic, which is Syria bomb uh, the, or, or war, the UK or MPs vote. So what's your view on this topic, David? Uh, well, I can only speak as obviously an American here. Um, but, uh, you know, on the topic of the French and the police being armed and whatnot, um, you know, it's a complicated issue. Obviously, uh, compared to the United States, uh, France is arguably more left-leaning. Um, yeah. But... They've also had, an, of recent years, had an arguably more right-leaning uh, track when it when it comes to domestic terrorism and uh, the, the the general Islamophobia uh, is you know it's perceived as being more pervasive there, um, you know, as well as uh, anti-Semitism uh, that's had a large rise relative to the United States, um, so. All these things, I think, factor in there. But uh, ultimately, you know, when it comes to it, would more guns have solved it? Um, well, if you look at the homicide rate in the United States, the answer would probably be no. Right, uh, right. You're introducing um, <clears throat> a serious, uh, serious question there. Well, well, what I mean, like, if, if somebody came up to a, a Starbucks here in Arizona, Arizona is very, that's where I, where I live, uh, Dave, is in Arizona. I mean, there's guns everywhere, right? We, we right. all carry guns, pretty much. And so if somebody came up to Starbucks, in fact, Sheriff Joe just yesterday announced for the, because ISIS, they've, they've got some Sarah, uh, some ISIS uh, people that they're looking at here in Arizona. He said yesterday, look, if you're out shopping and you see something, don't be afraid to use your gun. I mean, our sheriff is telling us this, right? So if, if when I look at that video of the, the, the woman who was underneath the table out in front of that, you know, coffee shop or whatever it was, and the terrorist went up and tried to shoot her, but his gun jammed or whatever. I feel like here, in, at least here in Arizona, that guy would have been taken out right then and there and not had the opportunity to then drive to the uh, concert to mow down a bunch of people with his semi-automatic weapon. I've read statistics in the United States that most people who are concealed carrying and they find themselves in situations tend not to actually draw the gun. Um, for fear. Yeah, for fear of getting sued or something, right? Yeah, or a number of things. I mean, uh, it's actually shocking in the United States how many people carry knives relative to guns, which is uh, an even more dangerous legal position to be in where you'd ever use it. Um, right. <clears throat> I don't think most people are really aware of, of self-defense law uh, in the majority of the United States, but it's not on the side of the people uh, carrying the gun for protection, generally speaking, unless you say the perfect thing after the incident, which is basically that you feared for your life and you saw literally no other way out of the situation. Um, you can be litigated against by the individual if you didn't kill them. A lot of self-defense experts actually recommend that you aim to kill, which is sort of yeah. morally maybe not the thing that most people would be uh, signed up for uh, when all they're trying to do is just protect themselves. Um, but, uh, you know, the whole the whole uh, concept of, of uh, having more people carrying guns to, to fix these situations I understand the thinking, but it seems to be based on what I've read statistically misguided in the sense that these terrorist incidents, if we're just speaking about those specifically, are so in the minority in terms of the number of people that they're killing on an annual basis that you're actually dealing with far more accidental suicides, you know, uh, from from being the owning a gun, uh, uh, you know, accidental injuries cleaning the gun whatever it happens to be 
children that find the gun and accidentally, you know, uh, hurt themselves with it. It, it seems to be that uh, the more guns that are in a particular place, the more the homicide, the gun violence homicide rates go up. So, it, you know, if you're talking about a numbers game, then despite the fact that these terrorist atrocities, emotionally speaking, are some of the worst things that you can imagine, if you're just talking about right. the number of people, a number of lives saved, then not introducing the guns as a means of stopping those instances, at least not in the sense of the public being armed everywhere, uh, it seems to be the better or safer bet, just based on just based on the numbers. Don't you think though it would be a deterrent? I mean, if you walked up to somebody who had a gun and you wanted to pick up fight, fight, I think twice about picking up fight with that person versus somebody who doesn't have a gun. Well, right. of course, but, you know, other than a couple of states uh, that are starting to enter this fold, you're talking about concealed carry. So you don't even know that the person has a gun, which is kind of part of the problem. Uh, you know, it means that if I don't want to be around guns because I don't want to expose myself to the risk, I don't know who has one, for right. instance. On top of that, which is a in of itself, uh, on top of that, you're dealing, you know, not all people that would carry a gun are going to be the wrong type of person to carry a gun. Obviously, several, a lot of people are very qualified, but those ultra qualified people are very likely in the minority. You know, a, a large majority of people carrying guns are carrying guns kind of are dead. <laughs> with, with an undertone of maybe a little bit of fear or, or even paranoia in some cases. Um, yeah which is a dangerous thing. You know, it's the last type of, it's the last, uh, you know, emotionally speaking, the last type of person that you want to have a gun in a dangerous situation is someone that's going to be very quick to use it without yeah. thinking through the situation or being properly yeah. trained. I mean, even, even the police who are, who are about as trained as, as you could hope uh, are, you know, frequently you, you could just look at the rates for how many people get uh, shot in crossfire unintentionally each year. And it's, you know, it's outrageous in the United yeah. States. Um, right. You know, and that's that's not really something that obviously they can control for that much other than just using common sense. But uh, you, you mentioned, you know, the bar thing or maybe not. Maybe you didn't say bar. But you said a fight um, that it might be a deterrent. Well, it's also, you know, it's kind of a complicated thing in the sense that if everybody's armed or if you know that somebody's armed and it even looks like they gestured for a gun, maybe they were just moving their hands. But you're in this heightened state of conflict and whatnot. You might go for a weapon just thinking that they gestured for theirs or something that would have just been uh, a fist fight that would have ended with both people with you know minor injuries is immediately escalated into something that you can't really go back from. If one person thinks that they're pulling a gun, that person pulls their gun. What are you going to do now? You know, it, it's kind of almost putting yourself at, at an unnecessary risk to even be around it. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. Um, and unfortunately, while you can decide whether or not you want to carry the gun, you can't really choose to opt out of simply being in public places where other people might have guns. You know, I'm, I'm right near the University of Austin, which just voted in a measure... Uh, whereas next year, concealed carry will be allowed, you know, on campus as well as in a lot of other places that uh, that normally wouldn't have allowed guns. And uh, you know, you've got professors here resigning not because they're anti-gun, but because you know maybe they run a, a philosophy of religion class, and it's it's an you know it's a situation where 
they don't feel it's conscionable to continue having the kind of heated debates that they like to have if they know that half their class could be armed at the time that they're, you know, getting this impassioned. So have you seen the breaking news, which has happened in California recently, just today? About the, no, the, I haven't seen that one. There's, there's the breaking news at the moment, at least 12 people dead and eight injured in a mass shooting inside a Californian the California Learning Disability Center at police hunt for three white men dressed in ski masks and military gear. That's that's his breaking news now at the moment all over on all over UK and America in California. So that's talking about is leading onto your gun thing. It's I mean this is happening quite a lot recently. See, a lot of people seem to be going to schools in America and this or cinemas or wherever and opening fire. Yeah, you know, the, 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 again, that, I think that's a little complicated too. Um, obviously that's very, very tragic. Um, that's not something that, um, anybody wants to hear for sure. Um, but, uh, I, I see both sides of the gun issue, right? I, I was in the Marine Corps, so I'm a big gun advocate. You know, I think, um, if done responsibly, uh, it, it, it's a, it's part of who we are. It's part of our makeup here in the United States. Um, so but at the same time, like you said, Dave, there's a lot of irresponsible idiots out there. I mean, there's well, I would, no way other people put it. I, I'd make one short comment about the, ma the mass shooting thing. Uh, I, I can't present you with the statistics off the top of my head. This isn't something I've, I've you know, memorized verbatim. But uh, I did see that the vast, you know, the, a big thing to be reported about uh, in the media as of late is uh, that there have been more mass shootings this year in the United States than there have been days in the year so far. So at least one mass shooting every day uh, and actually right. more. However, the, the term mass shooting qualifies people who essentially men typically who, who, who commit a murder suicide of their family, you know, people that are in bad mental, you know, situation, they lose their job, you know, it's close to Christmas, all these stresses pile up and they see suicide yeah. as they're only yeah. out, but they're unwilling to leave their families. So, you know, they end up taking their families with them. It's completely horrible, um, but yeah. it, it constitutes the vast majority of what they're calling mass shooting. So it's something, you know, like more than 50 percent, maybe yeah, as much as something like 85 percent. Uh, so I think, you know, you have to kind of keep it a little bit in perspective there that these actual the thing that we think of when we hear mass shooting, which are like these school shootings and things like that. Are in are in the you know the tiny minority uh, of of these total mass shootings, and even if you just look at mass shootings in general, um, I saw an interesting analysis done by a, a doctor named Michael Shermer. Um, he was talking about how you could sort of estimate theoretically the number of mass shootings you should expect to see. So the way that you get the way you could sort of get this number was you you look at the United States. There's what, 350 million people, you know, as the general population. And you assume based on the statistics that we know from the mental health industry and, and whatnot, that a certain percentage of these people are going to be psychopathic. And then within the pool of psychopaths, which is, you know, just a tiny fraction of the population within that pool, you assume that another incredibly small pool of them are actually going to be violent psychopaths that, that commit a violent act at some point in their lives. And then within those violent psychopaths, you take an even tinier, I mean, I'm talking about a fraction of a percentage of them, and assume that one of those people will go on a mass shooting. You're left with a number of mass shootings per year that at the time he wrote it about a year ago, I think it was maybe, maybe a little bit longer, maybe around the time of the Aurora theater shooting, uh, you end up with a number that's actually uh, higher than the number of, of these mass shootings that we, that we actually witnessed. So 
I, you know, the, it's a, it's a, it's horrifying and it's a big media conversation, but if you're just talking about <laughs> live, live saved, you know, it's, it's right. one of the smaller, more people die of, you know, uh, of doctors not cleaning their hands properly before an operation than people die of mass shootings each year. Um, including the, the ones that are just committed on, on families by a family member. Uh, so it's important, I think, to keep it in perspective in terms of just how much of it. What do you think? Issue the, what do you think the trend is regarding? I've got an echo. Somebody's echo. I don't know why. Uh, what do you think? There's a trend, um, a trend going on with the. There seems to be a lot of school shootings or just these random attacks in America in schools happening. Why do you think this is happening? What's the kind of? Is it kind of like the done thing or the fashion these days? Just to kind of. A, a, a couple of fruitcakes just getting some guns well let's go into school and just shoot some innocent kids or whatever for the fun of it why why do you think this is happening i personally think it's a it's a mental health issue um i don't think there's proper mental health uh you know facilities or treatment um you know just an in insurance you know i have health insurance i mean uh, the mental health section of your health insurance policy from your work or wherever is very minimal. It's it's barely covers anything. And then there's this whole thing of parents. Uh, you know, one of the what was the gentleman in in Connecticut or whatever, who took the gun from his mom mom or whatever and and shot up uh, the the school schoolyard with the, with his mom's gun. Um, she reported him, did everything she could, um, and he ended up stealing the gun or whatever and shooting shooting these innocent children. Um, that's a mental health issue, you know, and um, I just don't think that a lot of kids, they maybe get picked on, bullied, whatever. They um, take it to the extreme, and I don't think there's the proper facilities to, to treat, you know, and help those kids work through those issues. I think there's a, a lack of training uh, regarding the is, – is not enough training for uh, the police officers or the – given to, even to the local authorities – to deal with mental health, and that's why and there are others just not the funding at all to help these people. You, is that what you think? Yeah, I would agree yeah. that it's, it's predominantly a mental health issue for sure. Um, you, you can, in, a, in the United States at least, you could have a, a fairly expensive or fairly comprehensive insurance plan, and something like uh, psychiatric visits or uh, even just seeing a psychologist is something that would typically be approved on a case by case basis with a limited yeah. number of of uh sessions you know yeah. they give you something like 30 for a year and that you know number will trickle down and then you know these people are stuck in a situation where they just have to keep fighting the insurance company to to just even receive what what should be kind of a basic level of care for someone that's dealing with with mental health issues um so it, it's definitely a problem but you know when you're talking about the cross-section of, of mental health with the school shootings uh, i think that there's a reasonable argument to be made that, you know, not having guns in more people's homes could potentially prevent some of these shootings. I have a friend who has mental health issues who, when he was a child, tried to obtain a gun to go on a school shooting and ended up being caught trying to buy the gun from a neighbor. Um, but had one of his parents had a gun in the house, it could have been a completely different circumstance, you know? Uh, right. It, just, just in general, it seems like um, a lot of these shootings that are committed by kids or young men 
are committed with guns that they didn't purchase that, you know, they don't have a permit to, but it's, you know, it's from one of their family members. It's not, it's not secured properly. And, and in some ways, how do you secure a gun properly? You know, if you have a mentally ill 25 year old son living with you or something like that, it's and, a complicated yeah. issue, you know? Yeah, it is a very complicated issue. And there is no... just had a news flash from uh, one of the people here in the room watching uh, Pete. Uh, Prime Minister David Cameron urged MPs on Wednesday to approve bombing raids against Islamic State in Syria, saying Britain should join a US-led campaign to destroy militants, he said. We're plotting attacks on the West. As Cameron set out his case for war in what was expected to be at least a 10-hour debate, he has in he was interrupted uh, by opponents demanding he apologise for uh, suggestions in a private meeting that those against airstrikes were terrorists. Sympathizers, many British voters are, are are wary of. There's obviously a bit more missing, but I'm sure you can get give me the rest of the story uh, in a second. Yeah. So it sounds like I think it sounds like it's going to be happening anyway. I think we will pretty much. I think you'll go and bomb Syria, going back to Syria. I think the moment the the gun going back to the gun situation, I think it's something needs in mental health. I think all of the, something needs to be done or more training going on. On mental health issues and a, a sort of awareness was kind of taking center stage uh, on mental health, but it seems to have kind of died a death, and it seems to have just gone to the back of the line because of all the this what's happened recently in Paris, etc. And uh, but hopefully it won't. Uh, hopefully it will come back to the forefront again. And start. Yeah, I would just add that you know when you see these shootings, the focus does seem to be, and uh, maybe not the terrorist thing, but if we're just yeah. speaking about you know domestic, uh, uh, you know, crazy people basically going on shooting sprees. Um, I think the focus is actually a little bit, despite, I think the gun thing is a strong conversation to have, but I think the focus has been, at least from the liberal side, uh, far too much on the elimination of guns, which I think is kind of an unrealistic proposition, uh, and not enough on the mental health side. Um, I think that mental health screenings when it comes to getting a gun would probably be an excellent idea. Uh, it's definitely not something that's being done enough. Um, well, you know, I you, you got say from, from that perspective, though, Dave, mental health screenings can be um, a little left up to the interpretation of the you know person given the mental. There, there's all kinds of uh, tricks that when you're mentally ill, you're a very good liar in many cases, and so passing a mental health test can be pretty simple um, for them. It, unless you do a whole 30-day right. you know, evaluation kind of thing. Um, it's a complicated issue, but, you know, you do have instances where somebody goes in to buy a gun literally to kill themselves with, and the most basic level of intervention, you know, uh, or assistance being there could have turned the tide or made a difference in, in a lot of these circumstances. I understand what you're saying, that, you know, if somebody wants to lie, they can, they're going to get the gun if they want to get the gun. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, gener just generally speaking, um, certainly what you could... What uh, sold on Craigslist? You know, that's a whole another you can buy gun, and I'm getting feedback too, but um, you can buy a gun on Craigslist in a matter of an hour. Right. You know, which is kind of crazy. But. And it's going to all be made weirder as soon as you can 3D print your own gun easily from your home, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm saying this This snowball has started. I don't know that it's going to stop. And I, I, I make the argument that ISIS, you know, I think they're all mentally ill. I mean, who in their right mind wants to light somebody on fire? 
Well, I would make an argument against that, but um, I certainly can sympathize where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's a distorted look at life. Period. And so yeah, it's just uh, I would say I would make the distinction. I understand what you're saying. I would just make the distinction that um, you know a lot of the people that commit these these uh, Islamic terrorist atrocities are in some sense sane people. Um, I know that sounds outrageous, but uh, they're well-educated. The majority of them are college-educated. They have actually a higher education rate than the general American public. Uh, you know, all of the 9-11 hijackers were college-educated. Yeah, um, we, you know, we got the person saying it's a different way of seeing life. Yeah, I agree. That's why I'm saying it's distorted, and that's where it's, like, not normal. There are certain morals oh, yeah. and values that are universal. I don't care who you are. There are just certain morals and values. You know, you don't wait, rape women. You don't do it. I don't care who you are. And so when you do it, then there's there's a screw loose somewhere. Oh, I, I agree. It's just that, um, you know, there, you're t I think that in the majority of these cases, you're talking about someone that is on some level, on a neurological level, a sane individual. You know, they're, they're not they're not eating their own, you know, feces and, and uh, you know, yeah, they're not, not like somebody not in, in like a mental a institution. Alcoholic. Right. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're just people who are acting under the brainwashing influence of a religious ideology. And it's, it's the book and, and the Hadiths that are informing their worldview. And to them, I think that they are rational actors. If you were raised from, from the time you were, you know, one year old, to believe that the Quran and the Hadiths were the perfect word of the creator of the universe... And that the fastest way to heaven was through martyrdom and jihad. Uh, you wouldn't have to be insane to act on those things. You would just have to be sufficiently brainwashed. Cool. Yeah, but there's outside influences. You know, I don't know. It is. It is very complicated. No question about it. Yeah. It is very complicated. What we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this, uh, this top, these topics and just because it's, it's when it comes to doing some editing on this podcast, it'll take me about 10 years. So <laughs> I keep because <laughs> you go through, go through it all and take all the little snippets out and just kind of piece it all together. Uh, it'll take, take me forever. Uh, but this, I want to thank you for Jason and uh, Dave for popping in and for giving them their opinion. We're, I'm just going to stop the recording so we can chat freely afterwards. Uh, it's been great. So it's been good to have a bit of feedback on this topic and uh, a few other bits and bobs from gun laws uh, and the situations in America as well. So thank you for being a part of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show from Edinburgh and Scotland. And uh, till next time, we'll speak to you later. Bye-bye.